Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode of Pip Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast, is brought to you by the Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. It's intersection of sports and not sports. You know, we'll talk about anything. Um, you can check us out at www.sportsdrink.org or at sportsdrink on Instagram at sportsdrink without the vowels. Check us out. Leave the door open because you know we're trying to let the funk out. Welcome in to another Pip Panther Rants and other Sports Rants podcast. Wild Harris, your host. Brought to you by the Sports Drink, obviously. And it is game week. As Thursday, Pitt's football journey, I guess you can say, resumes. So much has happened in the last, I don't know, eight months. Finally, we get to, you know, sit back and enjoy the another, you know, time of college football. I mean, I did watch... One game over the weekend, I watched Nebraska and Northwestern. The first drive for Nebraska, I can say it did look like the pit offense we all, we, we all know and love with Kenny Pickett. But as you know, first drives in almost any football game like that, it's kind of a mirage because there's also, because there's, you know, you had that drive, but there's also, you got, mm, Say that drive lasts maybe three minutes, possibly. You've got 57 other minutes in that game yet. So, and when you're playing against Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, it's going to be a marathon. It's going to be. A, it's not going to be like a. Um, it's not going to be a fast, you know, hundred you know, meter or whatever track race. It's going to be a long ass marathon. Pat's going to make you go twenty. Uh, was it twenty six point two miles? Yeah, he's going to make you go to full twenty six miles. You know, you're not going to go 13, you're not going to do a 5K or a 10K. It's going to be the full 26.2. That's how Pat Fitzgerald is. I mean, he's a very patient guy. People were bashing him because he was, early in the game, he kicked the field goal to make a 7-3, and I guess late in the game, he kicked the field goal, which they missed, but that's just how he is. He's a... I think what he does is he looks at the whole big picture of how the game's going. And he's just like, you know what? Let's just kick here because I think, you know, we'll get the ball back eventually. The way you know, the way things are going. And you can tell by Nebraska's body language, especially from the quarterback, that he, you know, he was like, he was overwhelmed. He didn't know what to do. Nothing, no matter what they did, wasn't working. And, you know, Pat Arduzzi, you know, does get a lot of crap for bashing his coworkers, and I said that before. It could be, you know, what he's doing could come back to bite him. But an instant, an assistance on um, Saturday, he was right. You know, don't don't fuck with the dues. You know, he tends to know what he's talking about, but I mean. Northwestern started to get to the quarterback, and of course, they're just their, their confidence just was, Nebraska's confidence was shattered, and they came out. They eventually won the game. I mean, it's what it is. It's like you know, like I said, the marathon. 
Nebraska started to get gassed towards the end. Northwestern still jog, still jogging along, you know, doing at the same pace to what they had, what they you know started the first game, you know, beginning the game with. Still jogging, hardly out of breath. Nebraska huffing and puffing, and that was it. I mean, I did see I did, I did see Vanderbilt Hawaii, and people are really people are really pumped up about Vanderbilt right now. But you gotta realize it's Hawaii. I mean, this isn't the Cole Brennan Hawaii, you know, that they played. It's just Hawaii hasn't really. I mean, have they been? They haven't really been good in, in recent years. Well, they have. You know, well, let's share the recent records. Uh, let's see. They had. You know. Yeah, they haven't been really that great. Although they had a little resurgence with Nick Rolovich, they finished ten and five. Todd Graham took them over next year, went five and four, six and seven. Well, not too bad, but still, they're Hawaii. They're not the Colt. Well, the Colt Brennan Hawaii finished. What was it? Eleven three twelve. Yeah, that's that was under June Jones. Okay, this isn't the June Jones Hawaii. Okay, it isn't. So let's get over that. I mean. Definitely isn't. They're just Hawaii. But you know, I'm surprised not. I'm surprised a lot of athletes don't go to Hawaii for for, for, for to play football or basketball. I mean, it's a be- I mean, it's obviously a beautiful place, beaches, whatever. I, you know, I'm very surprised that you know that they don't really get enough. Well, they they play in the I guess the the Mountain West now and. So it's not a very, you know, attractive type of gig, but, you know, I think personally, if you're, if you're, um, if your college football career is going nowhere and say you're playing for a P5 team and you want to go have a change of, uh, you know, scenery, I say go to Hawaii, I say go to Hawaii, transfer to Hawaii. You know, sure you're not gonna probably play in any any big big bowl games or what whatnot, but at least you're gonna be you know have nice weather, you know, lots of good scenery, all that stuff. Although I could be wrong about all that, who knows? <clears throat> now, other things that happen: Top Guns in the theaters, and um. Well, no, it's still in the theaters, I think, but it's available on streaming now, which I purchased it because I know that it's going to save me whatever mo- whatever money I'm spending at this at the studio movie Star Cinema Grill, where uh, basically I'm paying my you know my, I think my ticket will be like the tickets like at the Star Cinema is probably like twelve bucks maybe or ten ten bucks, but I'm getting those leather reclining seats and they're, and they're, and they're not connected together; they're all on their own separate you know things. And a plus, you know, I'm getting really good food. I mean, burgers, all you know, street tacos, all kind of stuff you can order from there. I mean, it's like it's like being in an actual decent restaurant and a movie theater at the same time. I mean, I used to love going to Lowe's early on, early when it opened because I love going to the bar and you know having a few beers and going. And of course, you get you, know, you get you get the drink beer and um, you get the drink beer and what's it called in the uh, first class. But Star Cinema, you get to drink alcohol no matter where you sit. There's no really, there's no first class seating at all. It's just all the seats are leather. Everything's everything's good. 
and it's more of a grown-up type audience. You know, you're not dealing with a lot of um, little kids running around up and down the thing. Usually, if I mean, if I take my kids to theaters, I'm going to go somewhere where there's other little kids. But at this point, they're a little bit more grown up now to know to be quiet, and they don't need to, you know, have it walk around the theater. They can they can sit still. But needless to say, I enjoyed the whole um, I enjoyed the whole theater experience of going to see Top Gun. I saw it three times, and you know, purchasing the movie for twenty bucks, which is kind of steep for a digital movie. Um, well, you know, it's no. Di- I mean, if you pay twenty dollars for a DVD back in the late nineties or Early 2000s, even VHS still, you know, it's no big difference. Now, there were some movies where I had to go to Suncoast, actually, in the Century Street Mall to get to buy them because they were never available at Circuit City or Best Buy. And it was, you know, like the, like the Kevin Smith movies. I remember Mallrats. The only place I could find that was, was Suncoast. You know, Circus City didn't have it. Best Buy wasn't even open yet. No, they weren't. But I think Circus City just opened in, in, around Pleasant Hills. But, you know, Best Buy really didn't open until 97, I remember. Whatever Sun TV still as well. My Sun TV was not a good place to buy stuff as well. CDs, you know, DVDs. Of course, they closed. Well, wait a second, they... Yeah, Best Buy came in '97, and Sun uh, Sun TV closed. It was '98 they closed. At least the one in Pleasant Hills did. I mean, they. I always enjoyed Sun TV and appliances because, especially for computer stuff. If you wanted, you know, if you wanted good deals, you, you went there. But then, all the you know, but then Circus City and Best Buy came in and ruined that. It's like you know, also in Pleasant Hills, you had. You had Busy Beaver, you had Builder Square, you had Heckingers. You had like three home improvement places to go to. Then um, Home Depot came in and and killed all three of them. And I remember one. I remember I was going to Heckingers for something one time, and some guy was like, "Yeah, you should come work here. They took really good care of us. You know, they're a great place." And he was telling me all the stuff they do for him on Labor Day. On Labor Day, they have this Labor Day picnic or whatever. Yeah, a year later they were they were out of business. Uh, Builder Square was still there. Busy Beaver. The crazy part is out of all those in that Century, Century Three area, Home Depot Home Depot killed every single one of those except for Busy Beaver. Busy Beaver stayed open a long time. I remember. Way after those two, way after Heckinger's and uh, uh, Builder Square, but now Home Depot is the top dog, and pretty much when you talk about going anywhere, it's going to be either Home Depot, it's going to be your Home Depot or, or Lowe's. So, all right, well, I'm I'm been rambling here about a whole bunch of stuff. I'm I'm supposed to actually talk about the pit, you know, pit football season, um, and I'm not. But first of all, let's get let's get the Pitt West Virginia game out of the way. I think in this game, you know, we'll see a balanced attack like we've, what we've been, you know, what we'll see with Frank Sidnetti. We and, and the thing is, is what's great about this is Pitt has the offensive line with their stars back. 
they have you know a good, health, a, plenty of depth at running back, and plenty of you know staple receivers and tight ends as well. I mean, they got a whole bunch of they got a whole bunch of products on the shelf that they can pull pull off and use use whichever. That's the that's the that's a really good thing. Uh, the big issue is quarterback. I think still. You know, I watched some. I watched Keto and Slovis last year at USC, and I, especially the, the Notre Dame game. And if we're getting that Keto and Slovis, we're we're pretty much going to have we're pretty much going to be screwed. So I'm 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 happy that he that he's accurate because I did watch the Pitt spring game. I saw if there's one thing about um, Nick Pally that really hurt him was his accuracy. The guy's very mobile. But if you're not accurate enough to hit hit these receivers, and you're not going to play much. But my hope for Keaton is that he, you know that he, you know he's able to re- get the ball out quickly, get get through his progressions. What, you know what we saw with Kenny Pickett last year. I'm hoping we can see with with um, Keaton Slovis. That's what I'm hoping. And you know Kenny's obviously getting settled in with the Steelers as well. I mean he's. Finding his niche. I mean, he's not going to play right away. I mean, you do have a, a small minority of Mason Rudolph people, and it just is what it is. I mean, uh, he's going to go somewhere else and play, and hopefully, he picks up. I mean, you know, hopefully, he goes somewhere where he can compete for a starting job to show that he, what he's worth. But he had his opportunity last year, and. and I mean, I'm sorry. Tying a a, a sheet Detroit team is no excuse for that. I don't care what it is, how bad the line is. But last year, basically, a washed-up Ben Roethlisberger was the Steelers' best chance at winning games last year, and that was pretty bad. You know, Mason wasn't all. You know, Mason just is what he is. Uh, the same with um, Dwayne Haskins. God rest his soul. I mean, he was a first-round pick, and he just you know it didn't it didn't work out. But as far as this game, as Pitt West Virginia goes, I expect West Virginia to probably challenge Pitt's passing game. They're probably going to, you know, get seven. You know, they're probably going to put some. You know, they're going to pressure Keaton early and try to shut down Pitt's running game. But I think um, he'll, you know, Signe will throw some wrinkles in. He'll get the backs involved. Pitt should win this game, no excuse, but. If you look at the Pitt's uh, margin of victory since 2000 against West Virginia, it's 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 not really good. It's less than double digits. So if Pitt wins this game, it's uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close one. You know, it could be it, it could possibly it could possibly be a low scoring one at that. So I mean, if Pitt does win a low scoring game, don't be surprised. If they if they if they knock the block off of uh, West Virginia, I'll be I'll be even more surprised. But that's just what I expect. Now I'm looking at the, the pit preview that Amanda Godsey put out. I looked at hers last year as well. I mean, I used hers. Pretty good stuff. I mean, she talks about the quarterbacks, and she talked about how Slovis has developed a connection with the receiving corps before train camp even began. That's really cool because she mentions that Joe Burrow did the same exact thing with you know with guys like Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase when they went for the national championship, and of course she said he and receivers had a goal of getting 10,000 throws over the summer. And that's what she says here, that Joe Burrow and their corpse did this as well. 
that was their goal. So, I mean, I, that's good. If he's getting on the same page as receivers, that makes me a lot more happier. Yeah, losing um, – they lost five receivers, but they added, you know, Kanata Mumfield, Bob Beans from Louisiana Tech. They got Aston Copeland. They got Shane Oblacco, Oblacco. I butchered that. Of course, they got Jared Wayne, Jalen Barn, Jane Bradley, and Miles Austin. They got they got a whole bunch of bunch of staples there, and of course, they got T. Quan Underwood as a receivers coach this year. I mean, he's going to be doing more than just coaching receivers. He's got more responsibility. And of course, they got their tight ends again: are Bartholomew and Kai Kai Wright. And of course, you know they got. Running backs, you got Israel Abacanada, Vincent Davis, Ronnie Hammond. You know, they got those two guys, they got those three guys. And of course, they got Daniel Carter, who's more of a fullback. And they got Sebo Thomister. I mean, you know, they got their situation offensively is a lot better than what it was a few years back. I mean, at one time they had, um, at one time they had, they were sort of running back with Olison and, and Walls. Or I should say, uh, Darren Hall. I should say, I'm thinking of Darren Walls. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the freaking um, who is it? The, is it was Darren Walls the guy from from Woodland Hills? I believe it was. Yep, he played at Notre Dame, and he's only 34 years old. I think, yeah, Pitt recruited him. I remember. And he just uh, one, uh, you know, one his inaugural year, he recruited him. I think he committed to Notre Dame after they beat the crap out of us in that opening thing. I believe, right? or he did. Or was it before? After either one, it was around that same time. Pitt's offensive line, you know, it's they're returning all five starters. Carter Warren, Marcus Miner, Owen Drexel, Jake Cradle, Gabe Hoy. And also the Matt Gonkalves and Blake Zubovic. I mean, they've got that's gonna be their big thing right there. But I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, one time they their you know their um their strength was running back, and now they've got a lot more than that. On de- defense, you know, they're uh, they're returning seven linemen with starting experience. I mean, we're talking Baldonado, Desmond Alexandre, Alexander, John Morgan, and then, of course, you got Nate Temple, who's, you know, Charlie's pretty high on. Uh, Kalija Kansi, Ka- or Kalija Kansi, I'm, I'm butchering names like hell this today. Uh, of course, you got linebacker Savosia Dennis. Although, that's the big thing is the linebackers. It's a huge thing. That's a big question mark. You know, they are Brandon George. And, of course, uh, Bingo and Kamara. They're, they're, they've been talking about a lot. Um, they like Shane Simon as well. And supposedly Tyler Woods they like as well. Pen, I mean, Penner Deuce is pretty high on some, a lot of these guys. And if Pat's high on these guys, and you know, well, yeah. And, of course, Pitt's returning three stars in the secondary, Marquise Williams, Eric Hallett, and Brandon Hill. I just talked about him. Or was that a different Brandon Hill? Oh, yeah, I talked about Brandon George. I'm sorry. That was a linebacker. So, Brandon Hill comes back. I mean, they – and, of course, they got, you know, A.J. Woods and M.J. Devin Shower. I mean, they've – you know, Pitt's going to be looking pretty well in that. And, of course, special teams – Got Sam Scarton. I mean, Pat's pretty high on his kickers. I mean, he's got Scarton, Sauls, Caleb Junka, supposedly. 
course, I got punters right now. It's between Cam Guest or freshman Sam Vanderhaar at punter. Um, things are kind of weird here. I mean, looking at this for what Amanda has 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 uh, broke down for for us here. There's a lot to take in here. I mean, I mean, this this I would say this um, this preview makes you feel really good about yourself. I mean, as a Pitt fan, definitely it does. It's I don't know. It's weird. And it's just too crazy. But I mean, last year we we had we had a team that was 11, 11 and th- um, eleven and three. We had a uh, first round pack, first round draft pick a quarter uh, that, that was our quarterback, and we had a uh, Blenikoff at receiver. You know, and somehow we still managed to lose to Western Michigan and Miami is Miami. We always lose to them. And I think you know Desmond Howard has this as a um, he has this, he has us as one of the teams to go to the um, college football playoff. Which, you know, as a Pitt fan, you're still kind of weird out by these things. You're still weird out by a lot of this stuff that's, that's happening. But I would, I would argue that Pitt's going opportunity to probably play in the college football playoff was last year. When they had guys like Pickett and Addison. And there's just so many question marks. Yeah, it's just all too weird. But as if, if I'm going to break down the, the, the wins here for Pitt... Uh, let's see. The first week they got West Virginia. That's a win. I have Tennessee as a loss, mainly because of how Tennessee caught on last year. And we kind of got lucky last year against Tennessee because we went against really bad quarterback play. And um, Josh Schuble's offense scores a lot of points, but I think pick and probably... I mean, I almost penciled, I almost penciled this as a win because I feel pick if pick can control the tempo of this game. And one thing about um, Tennessee is their offensive line isn't good. If pick can get pressure on the quarterback, it's and basically pick can make this pick and force this team to make a lot of mistakes. But unfortunately, I have them as a loss. Uh, Western Michigan next week is a win. Rhode Island's a win. Um, Georgia Tech's a win. I have Virginia Tech as a win as well, but they're going up. They're going up against Brent Pry, who knows Pitt. He played. You know, he coached at Penn State. Now I have them playing Louisville. Now I have them losing to Louisville, which is at Louisville after the Virginia Tech win. They're going to miss. They're going to. Uh, they're, um, excuse me. Excuse my language. Here. I'm speaking too fast. Uh, they're going up against Malik Cunningham, who basically is almost like a uh, Lamar Jackson type player. The guy can flat out make plays. It just. And I think that's going to be one of those games where Pitt usually has at least one what the fuck loss per season. That's probably going to be it. The one there, I, I believe. They'll beat North Carolina the next week because we watched North Carolina did start out the season last week and people are I don't know they're playing Florida A and M and people are talking about how dominant they were and I think Florida A and M U was was missing like twenty players because of the APR crap. Syracuse will win. 
I almost had UVA as a loss because of Brennan Armstrong, but they have a new coach. Uh, they don't. They're off. Their defense is pretty bad, and we saw that. I mean, they they obviously can score points. They just give up a lot. And with a new coach, I'm not sure how that's going to factor in. So I got Pitt winning that game, and then they uh, I haven't been Duke, and I haven't playing against against Miami, and I have them losing to Miami. I think Pitt doesn't win the Coastal this year. I think it's Miami. Uh, the ACC, I believe, is going to be Miami versus Clemson because I think that's after Pitt Wake Forest, I think the ACC probably wants a Miami Clemson championship game, but it's going to be it's going to be really up to Miami to do that because Miami has to win games. You know, I think you know if you look at the conference initially, I mean how how the how how the uh, divisions were laid out. It was basically set up for Clemson FSU to dominate the one side, where it's and it's mostly been and that's been true. You know, FSU has been the two national title games. Clemson's been the you know been the several as well. So the Atlantic has been set up for Clemson FSU to dominate, but eventually you have some few wrinkles that, that come through, like Wake Forest. But on the other side of it, I think they had they had it set up to where. You're going to get probably either Miami, Virginia Tech. Yeah, they had this set up to where it would be either Miami or Virginia Tech. Possibly North Carolina to represent the Coastal. But uh, I, don't th- I don't think they factored in the f- the uh, the fact that... Uh, I don't know, that the last maybe was it three years? If you're excluding the, the pandemic year. Let's see. You have Pitt, UVA, and then Pitt as your uh, as your coastal champs. In fact, let's take a look at this. For instance, um, let's look at the champions since expansion began. See, Pitt joined them was it twenty thirteen or twenty twelve? What was it? Twenty twelve, I think. Let's see, um, 2012, the, the Coastal was represented by Georgia Tech. Then the next year, 2013, was Duke. 2014, it was represented by Georgia Tech. 2015, you had North Carolina. 2016, Virginia Tech. 2017, Miami. Then Pitt, UVA, and Pitt. So, I mean, the last three years has been, you know, it's near Pitt or Virginia. But you've also had Georgia Tech and Duke also in there as well. Georgia Tech was there twice. But I think this was said more from Miami, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina to, to, you know, to reap the benefits. It hasn't really worked out like they wanted to. You know, for, you, know the, you know, Beamer Ball has fallen apart or it fell apart. Miami's been, uh, whatever. But for some reason, we we can't beat them for you know for lives dependent on it. North Carolina gets plenty of hype all the time, and I don't understand why. But I think this year, my ACC probably wants a Miami Clemson. And I think that's what's going to happen. But oh, oh no, I have Pitt finishing. Let's see, with only two losses, so three losses, nine and three, nine and three still isn't a bad year. 
They're, I mean, are, is Pitt capable of more than nine wins? Of course, they're, they're more. They are. It's just I'm. I don't really, really feel comfortable with uh, with with um, putting those expectations on them because I know what happens usually. I don't think I I picked them. I don't, I don't think I picked them last year to win the ACC either. No, I didn't. And, I, and to be honest with you, I probably never will, unless it becomes a unless unless they're consistently. You know, unless they're like Clemson, they keep you know. I'm gonna say, oh, yeah, it's pits, you know, pits the win. Um, it's just, I'm, it's just, I'm having a hard time with that yet. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll get over it one day. Who knows? But yeah, Miami, Clemson, Clemson wins the ACC. SEC, I got Bama and Georgia. I think Nick Saban obviously is going to go for the um, revenge. He wants revenge. So Bama's going to finish business. Big 12, I got surprisingly Oklahoma State winning it. Um, I was going to go with Oklahoma, but new coach. People are picking Baylor, but I'm not really comfortable with Baylor. I think uh, Oklahoma State's bringing back their their quarterback, and I think if he can lower down the turnovers, they're fine. Pac-12, I got Utah. And the Big 10, I got Ohio State with the revenge. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what I got as far as the whole thing goes. Uh, as far as the ACC goes, I think Clemson, I, well, Wake Forest, obviously, they lost their quarterback. Hartman's out. I do think uh, Louisville could be a surprise team in the in the Atlantic. People just love North Carolina State. I'm just not convinced with them yet. Uh, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't win the, um, Atlantic, even when Clemson was down last year, so I just don't. They're gonna be a they're gonna be a program that always hovers around nine three eight and four, which isn't bad. <clears throat> I would kill for that. Although we always hover around seven five eight and four, but if Pitt has another double digit win season, or they win the or they compete, for, you know, if they're in the they win the 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 coast coastal conference, then yeah, I'm gonna feel really weird. So, but. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't going to pick Pitt this year to win the conference. I just wasn't comfortable with it. it just it's just it's just all too weird for me. Ring a lot of that, especially ring a man that's pre you know, preview as well. It just it was too freaking weird. Especially after they lost a, a first round pick a first round pick a quarterback and a Blitnikoff winner. I just don't you know. I just I don't know. Something's weird. Anyways, I'm done here, guys. I think that's really all I got to talk about. I mean, I think Thursday I'll talk about the, well, after Pitt being West Virginia, I'll have to talk about the, the opening games as well, which I will, I'm sure, because I'll probably talk about the backyard brawl on Friday, you know, if I feel like it. Depends on how the, depends on the outcome of the game. Anyways, guys, have a great week, and let's count down the game day. How to pit. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.